0: We are bringing you an eyewitness account of what's happening on the Wilmoth Farm, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. You is a very fluid concept right now. It's culture and film and art. It's music and interesting books. It's conversations and eavesdroppings. It's the impact of friends and complete strangers. The stuff that gets into the cracks of your life and makes you who you are. It's an attention collection. You already have one. The question is, how are you using it? On Sunday night, October 30th, 1938, Thousands of terrified citizens called the police department in Trenton, New Jersey to find out what in the world to do to escape the alien invasion. According to breaking news on the radio, a meteor had crashed into a field in Grover's Mills. Ladies and gentlemen, my aunt. ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, here I am back of a stone wall that adjoins Mr. Wilma's garden. From here, I get a sweep of the whole scene. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk and as long as I can see. More state police have arrived. They're drawing up a cordon in front of the pit. About 30 of them. No need to push the crowd back now. And if that weren't horrifying enough, someone reported a Martian was seen leaving the site of the crash. Within minutes, an entire army of Martians was on the loose. The National Guard was sent in, but they weren't prepared for what they encountered. Toxic gas enveloped them in moments. Radio announcers were panicking. Thousands of people scattered to find shelter, and even more alien invaders crashed down in parts of the Midwest. It was awful, and catastrophic, and entirely made up. I doubt when the events were unfolding on the radio, anyone stopped to remember it was just one day before Halloween. It turns out Orson Welles and a team of really good actors were performing a radio production of War of the Worlds a book by H.G. Wells. And it's not like they were sneaky about it. The show opened with a clear announcement of what was happening. Columbia Broadcasting System and its affiliated stations present Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the air in The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. What they didn't consider, or did they, Muhaha, were the latecomers, people who switched over from another station after the show had already begun. In the days following that broadcast, there were reports of heart attacks, frantic departures from the city, many demanded legal action be taken. This fake alien invasion sparked very real panic. And afterwards, there were copycats of this throughout the years. In fact, one time in Ecuador, a radio station put on this same event. The townspeople went crazy. When they found out it was a hoax, they stormed the radio station. They threw rocks through the windows. They even caught it on fire. Six people died that day because of a fake alien invasion on the radio. What's the moral? Don't believe everything you hear. I don't want to get in your personal business, but I'm just going to assume for a moment that you've been on social media at some point over the last several months. If so, you've probably noticed something. It's this not-so-subtle addition to the posts in your newsfeed. As coronavirus began to flare up, so did opinions, right, about masks, vaccines, whether or not this virus was totally made up. Seemingly overnight, Uncle Bob or Aunt Sally or somebody you met once who friended you on Facebook became a board-certified epidemiologist. Your former high school classmate, the one who sat next to you, really, they slept next to you during science and math class. Suddenly, they became a statistician. I don't know how it happens, but it happens. It's incredible. So once the social networks were being flooded with all these armchair experts, companies like Facebook realized they had to do something. They had to introduce fact checkers. Because they were trying to limit potentially harmful misinformation. Now, we as consumers can and should debate whether or not a company like Facebook has any business being the arbiter of truth with such a shady history, so many times sitting in front of Congress explaining their practices. But the intent behind the idea makes sense. Having a blog and an opinion does not make one a journalist. It just doesn't. And being smart doesn't make one right about matters of national or global concern. It's just not how it works. And some people just wanna watch the world burn. There are entire farms of people sitting behind computers just dumping misinformation, making meme after meme, getting in front of people in such a way that completely distorts the truth. And we eat it up like candy. We're all running around like sugar buzzed kids on Halloween night, cramming as much as we possibly can into our faces. And people count on that. Some people make a living shelling out nonsense for others to believe. So what's the moral? Don't believe everything you read. So how does all this happen? Why did so many people believe aliens were actually invading New Jersey? And why does your coworker think the government cooked up Corona just to inject the population with mini tracking devices? These little microchips are floating around in vials somewhere on their route to your arm right now. Why do we believe these things? Because we gather our information from what we've always known to be credible sources. And sometimes, A lot of times, that works out. If I'm driving and I turn on the radio and it tells me that the freeway shut down, I'm going to believe the person on the radio. And usually, that saves me from a horrible drive. So if I turn on the radio and the weather person tells me it looks like a lovely day for an invasion, I don't know what I'm going to do. But what about the apparently credible source that screws us up the most. I'm talking about our own minds. Maybe you can't relate to this, but have you ever had trouble shutting your brain off? You're trying to focus on a project at work or you're just trying to get some sleep, but your brain's like, yeah, that's not what we're doing right now. Did I lock the door? Did he notice I wasn't paying attention earlier? How many calories are in an Oreo? Do toilets here flush clockwise or counterclockwise? These thoughts persist until finally you shout, usually silently to yourself, of course. Shut up! But who are you silent shouting at? Because aren't you the one thinking your own thoughts? This is a question people have been addressing for thousands of years. Some would say, that of course you aren't your thoughts. You are the observer of your thoughts. The very fact that you can hear yourself thinking, that sometimes thoughts pop into your head that make you go, what in the world is wrong with me, proves that you are not the mind. You are the one who watches the mind. Have you ever stopped to consider the ridiculous amount of random thoughts you have in a given day? Our minds cook up things that terrify, gratify, and vilify us, sometimes in the space of a few minutes. You can literally be whistling that the world is amazing and then two seconds later burn it all to the ground. And we just sit back and watch this happen. I love doing this. I love asking people this question. If you found out there was a new app, you can get it on your phone, and all you have to do is put these little sticky nodes on the side of your temples. And for a day, one day, it will track all of your thoughts and broadcast it on the screen for other people to watch. It's like a social network. And so people can log on and they can just see your thoughts for an entire day. I have yet to meet one person that would volunteer for that. Yes, they would absolutely sign up to watch someone else's thoughts. I mean, that's like The best reality television you could ever imagine. But no one's signing up to be watched. If people saw the craziness that swims through your skull on a daily basis, you would be mortified. You'd never come out of the hole you dig for yourself. And yet, most of the time when it comes to making decisions or forming judgments about ourselves or other people, we trust our thoughts. And why wouldn't we? They're being broadcasted from a source we've literally relied on our entire lives. It's our control tower. It's our operating system. So when our thoughts tell us we aren't good enough, what do we do? Chances are we believe those thoughts. And when the announcer inside of our heads breaks into the broadcast and warns us of impending doom. It's all gonna fall to the ground. We panic and we run for the exits. This day is going to be horrible, I can just tell already. When we're presented with information that challenges our worldview, we ignore all the fact checkers and we trust our internal bloggers instead, even though they've gotten it wrong so many times before. And when we meet that person and we just assume from the start that they're a complete jerk, we hold on to that assumption, even though we hate it when other people do that to us because they haven't taken the time to actually get to know us. But something tells me, someone breaks through in my radio station and tells me that this person is an alien out to destroy me. And so I shut it all down. Much of what plays out in our minds on a daily basis is purely a work of fiction, and yet it dictates our entire reality. So what's the moral here? Please, don't believe everything you think. Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Grover's Mill. Evidently there's some difficulty with our field transmission.